From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. To me, it's Mike. This is Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for downloading this latest episode as uh, I'll gab with you here for the next 30 or so minutes. Back in the studio this time, and uh, things are a hell of a lot better. Before I get too far into it, uh, Speedy Recovery, well, he wasn't hurt too bad, but uh, Rick Allen, drummer for Def Leppard earlier this week, uh, he was outside a hotel in Florida, got attacked by a drunk-ass spring breaker down there in FLA. Yeah, and uh, I know what you're saying. Rick Allen, who, who would attack an unarmed man? Get it? Because the drummer from Duff Leopard only has you get you know the rest of that thing. Uh, but but I am glad he's okay. But that just seems like a random ass thing to do to somebody. I mean, here Rick is outside his hotel smoking a cigarette, just kind of unwinding, chilling, minding his own damn business, and some rowdy asshole decides to attack him. Uh, yeah, yeah th- those are the moments that are pretty damn scary to be a rock star. But you know, and I'm not saying this as a detriment toward. Mr. Allen, because I know the guys in Def Leppard aren't necessarily broke. They, they tour practically every freaking year. They do make some bank. Uh, I, I'm wondering if this kid knew who he was because, you know, the younger generation doesn't really listen to music. They listen to a lot of shit that's uh, basically done on laptops. Also, uh, uh, our thoughts, our prayers, well wishes to Sam Neill. Mid-70s, great actor. Uh, I didn't realize he was that old, but uh, over the weekend, just talking about how he's uh, putting out a new book about his life and how he's been battling stage 3 blood cancer. And uh, that stage 3 is pretty damn scary. A lot of people, uh, you know, tweeting out to him and everything. And he had to clear clear the air a little bit. He says, hey, I am working right now. Uh, The cancer is in remission. I'm okay. I'm not scared of death. I'm more annoyed by it. Uh, but Sam Neill, one of those just reliable, capable actors that you will see in anything. Uh, Hunt for Red October, Jurassic Park. Hell, uh, Logan. <clears throat> Logan the other day, sitting on my lap and uh, watched it start to finish. Not even two, not even bothered by that. Uh, yeah, he was certainly bothered by the, um, the ER visit earlier in the week, as I detailed last podcast that's why i was so echoey and you know i was down in the living room i brought brought everything down the boy was asleep on the couch i wanted to keep an eye on him because he had that uh, febrile uh, seizure due to the ear infections and um, you know, he, he has not had a seizure since he is his uh, good old jolly obnoxious rambunctious self and uh very grateful very humble uh that um, the the ER docs and nurses were able to help out, give us the best medical advice possible, and we were able to get him to recuperate. But the guy, he's just phenomenal. Like, you know, as, as terrified as he was of that and how sick he was uh, going back, was Wednesday? And just days later, I mean, hours later, you know, he's just sitting there in the living room eating popcorn, watching movies, and then he's jumping off the stairs today, uh, just tempting us to take him back to the ER. Uh, the third step, only oh, he uh, he got a little nervous uh, getting up to the fourth one, but uh, he's doing a hell of a lot better, and I'm able to do this show in studio. Um, disappointing basketball season for both uh, Hoosier and Boiler fans as uh, 
we are now wrapping up things uh, sweet 16 pretty much all complete I'm not going to run down all the brackets I just I uh, got uh, there's like a few minutes left as of this recording of uh, TCU and uh, Gonzaga and it looked like Gonzaga going on with the Sweet 16 but uh, you know Purdue uh, was number one in the nation at one point this season they won the Big Ten tourney they won the Big Ten outright uh, they had that Zach Eady kid who's like seven foot four, and all he has to do is stand on his tiptoes and boom, he dunks. Uh, you know, all, an automatic double double. Um, they go in and they lose. They are the s second first seed in the uh, round of 64 to lose since I think 1985. So two in 150. 16 seeds are against one seed. The other one being Virginia falling a few years ago. And so, of course, Purdue fans destroyed. It was, uh, yeah, they lost. It was at uh, Ford Fairlane. That's, that, that was the name of the school that they lost to, right? Well, that school is no longer in the tournament. They only got in the tournament because of a um, technicality, but it just a historically bad loss. And, of course, IU fans are laughing it up, saying, ha, 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 you guys suck. Or, you know, we, we got banners. Yeah, you got five banners. But uh, six head coaches since uh, the last guy that won you a banner coached. Uh, that was the, back when Reagan was president. And uh, just earlier tonight, IU lost to Miami. And it wasn't even close. I mean, it was close at one point, but at the end, yeah. So I, it's been very quiet on social media since IU lost. And I've been, uh, I've been kind of enjoying that a little bit. But uh, Purdue has to go back to the drawing board. IU has to go back to the drawing board. Ah, you know, and figure things out. But uh, this should be a very interesting tournament. Now that uh, now that uh, uh, I use out, and, and you have to keep in mind, I grew up in a household where my dad, who got a master's from Purdue, not a big IU guy. Um, yeah, I can watch the tournament now without too much cringing, especially since Ford Fairlane uh, lost earlier tonight to Florida Athletic. Okay, I need to find things to watch. Uh, I did. I did DVR Lucky Hank on AMC, the new Bob Odenkirk vehicle. Uh, he's gone from sleazy lawyer to um, uh, distraught college professor. Looks kind of funny. We'll see. Uh, it's based off a book called The Straight Man. Or Straight Man. Um, I think they had to change it to Lucky Hank because, well, Straight Man is just evil nowadays. Even though it probably doesn't mean what a lot of people on, uh, on the woke side of things thinks. Uh, but Bob's a very funny dude, and I am looking forward to watching that. M more so than I am, like, uh, newer episodes of The Mandalorian. I watched uh, episode three earlier this weekend. And <sighs> narrative narrative matters, people. It really effing does. Uh, so they escape from the planet. Uh, Mando, uh, the, the gal, and uh, Baby Yoda being chased by Imperials, they disappear, and then for the next 40 minutes you're following some meek scientist dude and some former Imperial lady, and this goes on for days. That's the plot of the episode, and then it cuts away to Mando reappearing in the ship, you know, as if this was just an hour-long space ride, but days pass in between with the other subplot. It's boring, and it's just... It, doesn't keep me engaged and uh, if if I was Disney Plus and, and you know Bob Iger you know really before he left he wanted Disney Plus to succeed so damn bad uh, I would be a little worried right now and they are because they are pushing back um, 
uh, you know, Marvel projects because they, they put out like a buttload the last couple of years that no one seems to remember or seems to have watched. Uh, the only two uh, shows coming out this year are going to be Loki Season 2 and Secret Invasion. And they had definitive, definite release dates for those shows to start streaming. And now it just says on some of the websites coming soon. So they've been pushed back a little further. And those are the only two shows that are going to be released on Disney+. Plus. Um, I saw that Avatar 3, which hasn't come out yet. Uh, this guy's a good... Look, I'm not an Avatar fan, uh, but James Cameron strikes me as a, somewhat of a smart dude when it comes to filmmaking and making himself money. Uh, they were talking about how, uh, you know, there's the Snyder Cut for the, the god-awful Justice League movie. There could be a similar one for Avatar 3 when that finally comes out, where it's nine hours long. And they were th thinking about breaking it up into a serial so they would actually have a TV show. And I'm thinking, well, there's no way... James Cameron's going to make money off of it if that's the way they go. But uh, alas, James ain't a dummy. There'll be a much shorter version that goes into theaters before that ever happens. And that'll be at the end of 2024. But Disney hard up for content and trying to keep people engaged. Uh, I saw one of those movie websites uh, where if something gets canceled... Uh, people immediately think immediately think you're you know a racist, sexist, homophobe. But when it's just really you, you just want to watch the sh the movie for the story. You don't really care uh, about who's sleeping with who, right? Uh, they're talking about how uh, the cancellation of Willow, the TV show, is because there's this anti-inclusion backlash on the internet, and it's getting review bombed on places. And that's why Disney Plus canceled it. Well, it could be that or because the cost of making a shitty show uh, didn't uh, didn't really um, add up for them in the long run. And it didn't generate enough streams and it didn't generate enough people to uh, switch over and subscribe to Disney Plus. Let me ask you something. Who do you know was excited, excited enough on this show alone? To subscribe to Disney Plus to watch a TV show based off of a late 80s movie that was essentially a ripoff of Lord of the Rings. That person doesn't exist. Yeah, so, you know, Disney's trying to figure out what the hell to do with all their content problems. Meanwhile, um, you know, the other, the other big studio that's been struggling with streaming and superheroes... Um, uh, DC, Warner Brothers, ALL Time Warner, Discovery, etc., uh, Shazam 2, about at the box office this weekend, number one, only making $30 million, which is a sharp drop-off from the opening weekend Shazam had uh, when it came out in 2018, $56 million. And, I, and I've seen the first Shazam a couple times. I thought that was pretty good. This one doesn't have a lot of excitement, and people are wondering if that's superhero fatigue. It could be. It could be a lot of things. I know that there was a, a they're going to have a gay character in Shazam too, and I know some people not really comfortable with that idea. You know, being progressive and you know whatever. But I think what it ultimately comes down to is James Gunn. He's not responsible necessarily for it falling apart. DCEU was already a mess before he came aboard. But now that he's basically come out and said, okay, here's a slate of new movies coming out. This is going to be a new universe. The, this is the stuff we're going to work on and concentrate. Anything prior to his upcoming Superman project, which uh, 
he will direct, by the way, is worthless. It's futile to watch. It really doesn't uh, register either way. Uh, so you got this movie, which doesn't have a lot of excitement to it, and you're not going to see these characters again in the new DCEU or the new uh, DCU cinematic, whatever whatever they're calling it. Uh, the same with with, uh, with the, the upcoming Aquaman 2 movie. Now, the Flash one, they're talking about alternate realities. And, uh, yeah, that's really served Marvel very well at this point. Uh, so maybe Ezra Miller somehow survives, but there's just not a lot of excitement with it because... Studios don't know what to do with these properties. If it was these, if these movies were well written, well marketed to begin with, and well thought out of, and and just put together, like any other property, like your basic, you know, Harry Potter films or your, you know, your Avatars, your Top Guns, uh, Spider-Man over at Sony has done very well. Uh, people will go and watch those movies. You just have to put together a good movie. Easier said than done, I know, but that's that's been what's that that's been leading to the fatigue. People just don't want to see the same old, same old, and be underwhelmed. By the way, David Letterman's been kind of a prick lately. Um, he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show not too long ago after the Oscars, and I don't know what he's. He, I guess he's speaking of Disney Plus. He's debuting or he's out promoting this new thing he's doing uh, where he hangs out with Bono and the Edge from U2. And he talks with those guys for a bit, right? I guess I guess he's no longer doing the Netflix thing, where you know he talks to random celebrities. Um, but he got into a conversation with Jimmy Kimmel about how Tom Cruise should have been at the Oscars a couple Sundays back. He was not there. Uh, he was over in London. He was filming his latest Mission Impossible movie, which will probably make Paramount Studios some bank. And then he went to. Um, Celebrate the 90th birthday of Michael Caine. He was at Michael Caine's birthday party. Between you and me, I'd rather, you know, hang out, have a beer in Michael Caine's honor, than sit around in a tuxedo uh, behind women wearing weird dresses at the Oscars. But David Letterman says, uh, you know, he's talking about how Tom Cruise should have been there. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, oh, yeah, he should have been there, yeah. You know, and how he was upset about being snubbed. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, by the way, Jimmy, you did a very good job hosting. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Even though... Jimmy Kimmel hosted the third lowest rated Oscars of all time. Bang up job. Um, well, I mean, Tom Cruise, I don't really care if he was at this award show or not because I didn't watch it, first of all. Uh, you know who else wasn't there? James Cameron. And the two biggest movies, I would say, of 2022, box office-wise, would be Top Gun, Maverick, and Avatar 2. Uh, and maybe they're not high art enough to be Oscar films, but they did keep theaters afloat a little bit. But the only reason why those films were up for Best Picture was because of the massive audiences. It wasn't because the Hollywood insiders said, oh yes, we think this is art. No, they wanted to use that viewership those movies had to generate into Oscar ratings. So... People can sit at home going, oh, uh, everywhere, everything at all times, etc. And uh, the Brendan Fraser fat guy movie, The Whale. Those those are the movies that are going to go win the awards, not, uh, not things that people actually went out and saw. And so, with all that said, I mean, I, I really don't blame... 
Tom Cruise or James Cameron for not showing up at the awards show. I mean, I'd rather be doing something else, right? Um, but it just strikes me as pretty callous and um, just just bitter of Dave Letterman to be pointing out somebody else he perceives to be bitter about not winning an award. Considering that for years, Dave Letterman had a chip on his shoulder for not getting the Tonight Show gig. You know, he thought he was, uh, you know, favored by Johnny Carson, but the execs at NBC went with Jay Leno. And so rather than be uh, happy about his own success when he went across the street to CBS, you know, he was always bitter and bitching about how he didn't get the Tonight Show gig. And Dave Letterman, I mean, like, it, it breaks my heart to say it because, like, I, I grew up, you know, idolizing him. I mean, like... Uh, just a very funny dude, um, very, very knowledgeable about television and how to work audiences, but um, I think he let his own arrogance and his own bitterness get the best of him, and where he might have been funnier than Jay Leno, Jay Leno was more affable, and that's where he won out, so for him to be putting out Tom Cruise's bitterness is just, uh, that's weird. Speaking of weird and bitter, uh, Ben Affleck... <laughs> He's a, yeah, he's a strange dude. Uh, he's uh, directing the movie. Uh, he and Matt Damon are doing the uh, Air movie, the Nike movie about uh, how Nike got involved with Michael Jordan early on. I think that comes out in April, and I, I forget who he was talking to, but uh, apparently he's not much of a golfer. And I uh, compared golf to meth, like uh, getting involved in meth. Like, oh yeah, you know, you might have better teeth, but uh, as soon as you get involved in it. Uh, you'll never see that person again. Ben Affleck, uh, he doesn't seem like a very sociable guy. I mean, I mean, he talks about hanging out with all these other people, but like, when you see him at like these Hollywood get-togethers, it, it seems like he'd rather be doing something else. You know, he, he'd rather be like Tom Cruise and working someplace instead of watching a god-awful Sam Smith performance. But uh, it was just kind of a weird-ass comment about... Um, uh, golf in particular, I don't think I've ever had, I, I, I tried golfing once, and I've tried meth zero times, and I'm happy to say I'm probably do it, playing as much golf now as I am doing meth, and all my teeth are in place, and uh, my wife knows where I'm at all times. <laughs> maybe that's Maybe that's why uh, he's uh, doing the Dunkin' Donut commercials now. He's not at home uh, going to award shows with the wife. Okay. Um, very in odd in a story. Well, I don't know how odd this is. I didn't realize that there was drama with Troy Aikman and ESPN. Some slight drama. The uh, I guess when he uh, they, they signed up for Monday Night Football, him and Joe Buck, Troy pretty much thought it was going to be like it was at Fox Sports, where you kind of just show up, you do your job, and you could go home. And I guess he just shows up at the uh, the day of the game, doesn't do any of the pre-production meeting stuff, calls the game and goes home. Uh, but they have a different telestrator set up at uh, uh, ESPN, more so, uh, at least at the beginning of last season than they did at Fox Sports. So he shows up. And he's bitching about uh, on air, like, I guess not without bitching, bitching, but like it was kind of like, yeah, I can't get this damn thing to work. And uh, about how he couldn't get the telestrator to work. And he's just using this for the first time during a game. And so they actually ordered for him a, uh, a special telestrator and then, uh, you know, whatever. 
and some of the crew is wondering why he doesn't hang out after games. You know, he just flies in, flies home on his private jet. Nothing wrong with having a private jet if you can afford it, of course. Um, you know, I, I kind of get that. Um, you know, if you're working with somebody, you want to get to know them better and all that. Totally fine, totally reasonable. But what gets me more about this is like uh, Troy Aikman. I mean, you know, is very successful quarterback, three Super Bowl rings. And if he didn't have concussion problems, he probably could have played longer and maybe gotten a fourth. Um, and, you know, very capable quarterback at that. And there's a lot of preparation that goes in with the um, uh, the position. You would think that he would have that kind of mentality with calling a game. You know, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'll just uh, show up then and there and be ready. I When I was in broadcasting, when I was in radio... I always was paranoid. I mean, like earlier in my career, when we would do, when I would do remote broadcasts, I was terrible, and I would have issues with tech equipment and all sorts of things. And it got to the point where, like, I didn't want to lose. You get paid extra for doing remote broadcasts at businesses, and that's extra money. I didn't want to lose out on that, so I would make it a I would make it a point to dress as nice as I could. Not not suits, mind you, but you know, nice pair of jeans polo, whatever, show up half an hour before the broadcast, make sure all the equipment was set up, make sure we had all the prizes and such, make sure I could be heard, walk through all that stuff. And, and, and this is, you know, what I'm describing to you is small town radio. You know, at best, maybe a few thousand people are listening to me, whereas, you know, Troy Aikman, yeah, he's a name, and ESPN's a brand, but, you know, you got millions and millions of people watching this game. You kind of want to put your best foot forward uh maybe you should maybe you show up a day or two stay spend a day or two in in a town you know and, and check out things maybe you know go out to the bar hang out with your crew a little bit but you know that that's that's what kind of gets me is just like uh if if this story is true here the the lack of prep when it comes to this sort of thing so i don't know um but you know him and Joe, they can call call a pretty good game. It's just I you would think maybe take it a little more seriously. But they're they're paying big money. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who knows what the hell this dude is talking about? You know, the once upon a time, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's still one of the most talented quarterbacks that ever played the position. He's definitely going into Canton. Uh, you know, he's had you know multiple MVPs. He's got the Super Bowl. You know, the, the knock against him is he doesn't doesn't have multiple Super Bowls. But he has fallen so far into himself. Watching some of the stuff with uh, the New York Jets uh, courting him, and you know, I, I don't think he's officially traded or signed yet. That still has to be worked out between New York and, and Green Bay. But wanting these players, this player. Oh, you know, saying this, saying that. I mean, they they're talking about like I was looking at the odds makers. You know, the New York Jets uh, won up fifty two percent or something, according to one website, to, of winning their division. And now, if uh, they sign Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't even know how you quantify that. Uh, you know, he's up in his late thirties. A lot of melodrama. I don't know. If they're going to have all the uh, talent and coaching in place to appease a guy like that, um, you know, obviously your quarterback is your captain on the field. 
your quarterback has to be your best player on the team. That is the engine that drives your offense. That's the guy that gets you the end zone. The more points you score in this league, the better. Um, but I don't even think that's a guarantee now out there in Rodgers. And uh, the darkroom crap, um, the vitamin crap that he's peddling, and, you know, talking about how he's, you know, one of the best in the league. Like, he talks kind of like the quarterback version of LeBron James. Like, oh, I know I'm great. Um, I, I can't imagine that being a very pleasant locker room. And if there are guys that, you know, the Jets aren't great, but if there are holdovers into the next season and they have to put up with some of the things that Aaron Rodgers is saying, I mean, you've got to win the locker room, right? I don't think he will. And I think he's going to repeat a lot of uh, uh, mistakes that his uh, predecessor, Brett Favre, did. Hopefully he doesn't get involved in a welfare scandal or send dick pics to people. But then again... You have to leave a dark room to send dick pics. I don't know, man. It just it's it's disheartening to see that dude fall like he did. Um, all right, so this mom of uh, this uh, wrestler, um, Division One wrestler in Iowa, you know the guy's won three national championships collegiately, done very well for himself. And this past week, I think it was like the semifinals, quarterfinals, the whatever finals. Um, uh, he wrestles this dude who's like fourth ranked in this tournament for Purdue and the Purdue guy beats the Iowa guy, right? And on video, the mom of the guy who lost, the guy who's already got three national championships, and I, you know, he has a bad tournament, fine. He's still, you know, one of the top in the nation and he won three years previous. You would think, okay, nothing nothing to be upset about. She breaks her glasses on television, <laughs> Because she's so angry. And, I, and if I don't have it linked up now on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, I will. I mean, it's it's Little League Dad, Dance Mom bullshit. But I guess, you know, it's it's real to her, damn it. Um, yeah, you would think you'd show a little more class and a little more be a little more reserved. I mean, it's just like, you know, why be upset? this upset? Your son's already a success. He can't win every freaking thing. Believe me, Tom Brady tried to this past year, and even he couldn't beat Father Time. Uh, yeah, show some dignity for crying out loud. Holy crap. Oh, uh, by the way, quick update on one of the uh, uh, D-bags from Greg, uh, uh, was it Silicon Valley Bank, uh, the former CEO, Greg Becker, uh, because everything fell apart, and, you know, he obviously is struggling financially, uh, he has found humble shelter in a $3.1 million townhouse out in Maui, Hawaii. I think this bank's based in California, out in the West Coast, and he just hightails it into another time zone far from the contiguous U.S. Oh, man, that, that's a good look right there. Uh, yeah, and the, the bank thing's still going on. Credit Suisse out of Switzerland is going to be bought out by UBS. I think that was the big story financially earlier today. And there's some uh, financial talking heads wondering why. I mean, the stock market, when the banks are wild, is wild. And so there's going to be swings and all that. Not a big financial expert, but I do know that uh, p there are people asking, well, how come the stocks are doing as well as they are? Well, when you're printing off money and saying it's not a bailout and it's a bailout, uh, if if you are bailing out bad behavior, that bad behavior will continue. Um, 
so it'll be interesting to see what happens come uh, here earlier here in the early parts of the week but uh, yeah the things are a mess financially I think we need some new blood to um, to rectify things that is why throwing his hat in the ring for 2024 because you know we we need more options politically speaking Joe Exotic is deciding to run as president of the United States still in jail but uh, considering that there are people investigating both Biden and Trump is it really all that different I mean is it really all that controversial <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's still alive and kicking and uh, hasn't become Tiger Food a la uh, Carol Baskin. Uh, but, you know, I, that story kind of broke and it was there was kind of like a wild animal motif uh, this past week as I wrap up things. I guess out in Ohio, uh, they had to put down somebody's pet zebra because it damn near, a freaking zebra, it damn near tore off a dude's arm. Uh, and I'm just wondering, wow, zebra don't like horses. They they eat grass, they eat hay, and it damn near ate some dude's arm. And then uh, this week, past weekend out in Oklahoma, um, a woman had to get plastic surgery on her ear after somebody's pet monkey ripped off her ear. You know, zebra and monkey. We're not even talking about alligators and tubs, or you know, people who wrap themselves up in the bow constrictors and. Oh, we got lost, and uh, there's a whole bunch of chihuahuas gone missing in the neighborhood. Um, the the question I posed to you, I mean, how, would you feel more in danger if your neighbor had a bunch of guns or if he had a bunch of emus? You know what I mean? Like, like just wild critters. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I have libertarian sympathies on a lot of things, but when it comes to exotic animals and people having those running loose and wild, yeah, I, I, I got I kinda think of my about my kids first. And me second, I don't want to lose my arm to a goddamn zebra. Holy alright, with that all said and done, I'm done till next week. Stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.